Welcome to the Way Church Service at Greystone with Pastor John. We invite you to join us at 1 Oakley Avenue in North Providence, Rhode Island. This podcast is presented to you by The Way Ministries, supported by listeners like you. For donations, live videos, podcasts, and more, please visit www.thewayministriesri.org. Thank you and have a great day. You know how we're going to start this off, right? Come on, come on, come on. Smile, everybody. Come on now. God is good, amen? All right. I want to welcome everyone to the Way Church Service at Greystone. I want to thank everyone for coming out this morning to get a portion of God's Word. First and foremost, I'd like to thank our risen Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, this morning. Amen. Thank you, Jesus, for making all this possible for us by going to the cross, shedding his blood for the forgiveness of our sins, and becoming the final sacrifice for our sins so we can have a new life, eternal life, spiritual life, and a new purpose here on planet Earth for all who believe in the one and only Son of God. We gather here to learn about our Creator and find our purpose here and use it to glorify God and to serve our Lord and Savior and one another. This ministry has a specific goal, and that is to grow spiritually and start to handle life God's way, not our way. God's Word, which is the owner's manual to our lives, we study it, read it, learn it, and apply it to see how God wants us to live, think, act, serve, how to treat ourselves and others. Thank you, Jesus. Each part of his body is very precious to God. One body? Many parts. I want to personally welcome all of you to the way. We depend on God's grace, not our own power, to accomplish his will for our lives. Also, I want to say hello to our family who are watching from the live feed, who can't be here with us. If you'd like to worship with us this morning in the spirit, you are definitely welcome. We love you all, and thank you for your continued support. Also, if you have a cell phone, can you please silence it so it does not disturb this morning's service? And we do have a special birthday this morning. Our sister Brittany's birthday this morning. (laughs) You don't look a day over 20, Brett. (laughs) You're you're always going to go under, never over. Never, never go over. (laughs) You want to stay off the couch, that's for sure. All right, let's start this off with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, thank you for allowing us this beautiful opportunity this morning and this beautiful day, Lord, to gather together as your family, to worship, honor, and glorify you, Lord, and place your name above all names, Lord, even our own, as we fight to put you first in our lives, as we remember your ultimate sacrifice on the cross, so we can be set free from the power of sin and death and guaranteed an eternal home in heaven with you for all who believe on your name, Lord. Thank you for becoming obedient unto death so we can have a new life down here, Lord, and live for you instead of ourselves. And show the lost and dying world that we belong to you, Lord. Thank you for giving us your word, Lord, as the ultimate owner's manual for our lives so we can become more like you to glorify our Father and bring others into your kingdom. I say a special prayer for Donna, one of our sisters in Christ, 
who's suffering in the hospital this morning, Lord, that you touch her body, help heal her, and give her an opportunity to come back to you, Lord, and keep her safe and reassure her that you're with her, you'll never leave her or forsake her, Lord. And as always, let everything we do this morning be led by your spirit, Lord, and not our flesh. And it's in Jesus' mighty name that I pray, amen and amen. Okay, this morning we have a special presentation. Our sister Brittany and Lori are going to come up and sing, Jesus, lover of my soul, and then we're going to watch a video. So let's all stand and worship the Lord together.
beautiful was that, huh? The talent and ability we have in our church. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. All right, we are going to watch a video right now on the Lord's Supper, and we're going to get started with that. How about a round of applause for our Lord Jesus? Just imagine what was going through his mind at that time, knowing that he had to die for us. He could have said no. He had a choice to make, just like all of us have a choice. Thank you, Jesus, for becoming the ultimate sacrifice for us. We're so grateful for that. great honor it is to come share a message on the Lord's Supper this morning. Let us pray. Dear God, today we gather together as brothers and sisters in Christ to remember the extraordinary sacrifice you made in sending Jesus, your beloved son, to be with us. We thank you for his legacy in words, actions, and obedience the suffering on the cross. Lord, we come to you now to ask for forgiveness for any thoughts, words, or deeds that have not honored your name. We are also truly sorry for the times we have chosen to live selfishly rather than heed your calling. We invite you to inhabit our hearts now as we take communion. As we share this meal, come bind us together as one family filled with your love. Thank you, Lord, for your grace that is at work in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. What a beautiful day, huh? What a beautiful day it is to celebrate the Lord's Supper. You think we'd have to put the heat on? We had to put the AC on. <laughs> November. Thank you, Jesus. He knows that the, the, the price of the heat's going up, so he gave us a reprieve. <laughs> Oh, Lord. All right. The Lord's Supper is a reminder of the leading of the truths of the gospel. Number one, salvation, like this bread, is the gift of God's love. Two, we are reminded of the life of Christ and all he was and did and said. Three, we are reminded, as by the Passover, of the grievous bondage of sin from which Christ redeems us. Four, it holds us up the atonement of the body of Christ broken, his blood shed for us. Five, in Christ alone is forgiveness and salvation from sin, the first need of our soul. Six, Christ is the food of our soul. Seven, we must partake by faith or it will not be of no avail. Eight, we are taught to distribute to one another the spiritual blessings God gives us. Nine, by this meal, our daily bread is sanctified. Ten, the most intimate communion with God in Christ. 
11, communion with one another. 12, it is a feast of joy. Nothing less than the actual joy of heaven is above it. 13, it is a prophecy of the Christ's second coming, of the perfect triumph of his kingdom. 14, it is holding up before the world the cross of Christ, not a selfish gathering of a few saints, but a proclamation of the Savior for all. How about an amen for that? All right, eating and drinking as symbols of faith. Obviously, Jesus is not speaking literally or figuratively. The act of eating and drinking are tangible signs of inward and spiritual faith whereby we receive what Christ offers and gives to us through his death on the cross for our redemption. He is the Passover lamb who takes away the sin of the world. What we do physically by eating and drinking, we do spiritually by faith, taking in Jesus, his eternal life, his salvation, his resurrection power, his atoning sacrifice, his spirit into our lives. Just as we take food and drink into our body, and then it's nutritious is distributed throughout our bodies, so we take Christ and the benefits of his cross into our souls. By faith, which is the soul's mouth, we take Christ in with all his grace and power, and he pours out his life and strength in us, and in that strength we live and work for him, it reminds us of what happened at the cross. Come into our hearts, Lord Jesus. Come in to cleanse and forgive us. Come in to comfort and heal us. Come in to empower us and change us. Come in to guide and direct us. Come in to fill us with your spirit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Thank you for dying on the cross for our salvation. By celebrating the Lord's Supper, frequently Jesus intended us to keep the cross central to our worship. It is the earliest of his letters Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Please turn with me there. We are using the black Bibles in the pews. So please help yourself to them. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Is everybody with me so far? Amen. Good. Stay with me now. Important message. Apostle Paul speaking to the Corinthians. Verse 1. head and pages turning. <laughs> Beautiful. All right. When I first came to you, dear brothers and sisters, I didn't use lofty words and impressive wisdom to tell you God's secret plan or God's mystery or God's testimony. Verse 2. For I decided that while I was with you, I would forget everything except Jesus Christ, the one who was crucified. I came to you in weakness, 
timid and trembling. And my message and my preaching were very plain. Rather than using clever and persuasive speeches, I relied only on the power of the Holy Spirit. I did this so you would trust not in human wisdom, but in the power of God. How about an amen for that? And that's basically what this church is based on. We let the Holy Spirit lead our lives in our church and our message here. Amen? The Lord's Supper keeps before us the atoning sacrifice of Christ. It teaches us by outward signs those truths which the preaching of the gospel brings before us in words. It prevents us from generalizing the grace of God as cheap forgiveness by focusing our attention on the sufferings and death of our Lord as a sacrifice for sin so that we might be forgiven and justified in God's sight. In the Lord's Supper, a special act of faith in the atonement of Christ is honored. Faith is to the mind what partaking of food is to the physical body. We know that before food can nourish us, it must be received, eaten, and digested. When we receive the bread in the cup by the grace of the Holy Spirit and through faith, we receive Christ himself as our only and complete Savior. By believing in the truths of the gospel, we should also act on our belief and receive them into our hearts. We should combine our hearing with our faith. Like it says in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 2. Please go with me there. Hebrews chapter 4. Verse 2. For this good news that God has prepared this rest has been announced to us, just as it was to them. But it did them no good, because they didn't share the faith of those who listen to God. For only we who believe can enter his rest. As for the others, God said, in my anger I took an oath. They will never enter my place of rest. And he's quoting Psalm 95 verse 11 there. Even though this rest has been ready since he made the world, we know it is ready because of the place in the scriptures where it mentions the seventh day. On the seventh day, God rested from all his work. Big amen there. And he's quoting Genesis 2 verse 2. Okay, so what are the benefits of participating in the Lord's Supper? It is the means of grace by which Christ, the bread and drink of life, is conveyed to us and received by us through faith. God reminds us of our salvation 
and strengthens us to receive and feed upon Christ by the exercise of faith. Please turn with me 1 Corinthians chapter 10. First Corinthians chapter 10. And go with me to verse 16. First Corinthians chapter 10 verse 16 tells us, when we bless the cup at the Lord's table, aren't we sharing in the blood of Christ? And when we break the bread, aren't we sharing in the body of Christ? And though we are many, we all eat from one loaf of bread, showing that we are one body. How about an amen there? One body, many parts as we share in the Lord's Supper. Now, blessed assurance, through the mercy of God, okay, by receiving the Lord's Supper, we enjoy these benefits which were obtained by the sacrifice of Christ. The Lord's Supper gives us the assured hope that the blessings of redemption belong to us and enables us to grow in grace. This assurance gives us confidence. As we take the bread and the cup, and feed on them in remembrance of Christ's death. So we also believe that the spiritual blessings obtained by that sacrifice belong to us, and the Lord's Supper is designed to give us this happy assurance of faith. In partaking of this feast, our souls are strengthened and refreshed by new views of our relationship in Christ and a fresh and lively communion with him. We also have the benefit of communion with our fellow Christians around the Lord's table. We become interested in each other's prayers. We sympathize in each other's sorrows. We partake of each other's joys. We are traveling the same road. We have the same difficulties and comforts, the same sorrows and joys. We are a family gathered around the table whose Lord is our host. Our participation in the Lord's Supper is one of the most effective means of preparation for the coming of Christ. The universal remembrance of Christ and the subjection of all the nations to him cannot be hoped for until his return. And we, by the Lord's Supper, shew forth his death till he comes. Matthew chapter 6, verse 10. Go with me there, please. Matthew chapter 6, verse 10. Is everybody with me so far on this? The importance of the Lord's Supper and why we have to celebrate it in remembrance. Never forget what he done for us. Matthew chapter 6, verse 10.
Matthew 6, verse 10 tells us, May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need, or give us today our food for the day, or give us our food for tomorrow. Communion with the Lord. The Lord's Supper is a means of enjoying communion with Christ on earth. The world, as our Lord reminds us, is ignorant of this communion. It does not understand it. It ridicules the idea. But we are privileged to enjoy an enlivening and loving fellowship with our Lord. This communion especially enjoyed at his table. As the eyes of the disciples were opened, our Lord makes himself known to us in the breaking of bread. In Luke chapter 24, verse 30, go with me there. Luke chapter 24, verse 30. Luke 24, verse 30 tells us, As they sat down to eat, he took the bread and blessed it. Then he broke it and gave it to them. Suddenly their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. And at that moment, he disappeared. I've got a big amen for that. Suddenly their eyes were opened. As we take the bread and the cup, our eyes get open to what the ultimate sacrifice was, was for us, and it reminds us what he did to bring us back down to earth, what he did for us, and why we're here, and why we celebrate it. So the wedding invitation. Who is invited to the wedding feast? Who is to receive the Lord's Supper? All who believe in Jesus as their Lord and Savior, who died on the cross, that they may be forgiven and reconciled to God, and rose from the dead, are all invited. All right, let us pray. Lord, as we take this bread, we remember that you are the bread of life. You feed our souls. You nourish our hearts. You give us sustenance to run the race before us. As we break the bread, we feel the softness of your love for us, we smell the fragrance of the grace you release afresh each day. We thank you with all our hearts for the great price you paid when you were crucified on the cross for us. Yet, just as the yeast has caused his breath to rise, you rose again, triumphant over death, as Lord of Lords and King of Kings forever and our beloved Savior. Thank you, Lord. Lord, as we drink this cup, we remember that you are the giver of life. You are forgiveness. You bring deep peace to our souls, and your love flows within us. As we pour out this cup, we see your sacrifice poured out for us. We notice the depth of your goodness and the pain you suffered for us. 
We dwell upon the intricacy of human life and the price you paid to set humanity free. Yet just as the tombstone rolled away to unleash the risen Lord, your light shines in our hearts now, extinguishing all darkness to release heaven's blessings upon us. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. We take communion to remember the night in which Jesus was betrayed. He broke the bread and gave thanks. We remember communion and the events that led Jesus' crucifixion, death, and resurrection. At this time, I'm going to call the ushers up to pass out the elements. you want to follow along with me in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, please. Verse 23. Verse 23. For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. On the night he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and said, this is my body, which is given for you, or which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In remembrance of the Lord's broken body, let us eat the bread. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. In remembrance of the Lord's death, let us drink the cup. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we praise you for this heavenly banquet that you have so freely given us. Thank you that we carry in our hearts the riches of this eternal goodness. May we pour it out wherever we go, lighting up the darkness with truth, speaking out hope where there is despair, and weaving your unconditional love into all we do. Send us now in the power and strength of the Holy Spirit. May we live to be all that you have destined us to be. Dear Lord Jesus Christ, thanks and praise to you. Again, you fed us at your holy table with your own body and blood. By your word and supper, may we be led from this world of sorrow into life eternal. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. How about a round of applause for our Lord Jesus? Thank you, Jesus. That empowers us. That death. Imagine being obedient unto that. Just imagine what he went through for us. So we could be set free. So we can come and worship. So we could have a new life. So we can say no to sin and yes to God. Amen? So we can change us and transform us into the same image of his son. What a beautiful gift of salvation 
that he's given us this morning, for sure. Always reminding how important that is. Let us turn to Ephesians chapter 6. That's all we're going to have time for this morning. But it says a final word. <laughs> how good is that, right? How fitting. A final word. This is something that we should take with us this morning as we fellowship together, remembering. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. A final word. Be strong in the Lord in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you'll be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then, after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. How about a big amen for that? So we have to understand who we're fighting against. Not flesh and blood enemies against evil powers in the unseen world. So when the devil comes into a person, we attack the people. But knowing, we have to understand it's the devil working through them. Can I get an amen for this? We have to understand that. All right, we're going to close right there. I'm going to call the ushers to come up to take the collections. We're going to stand, sing a song, and close.